Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unreal Podcast. My name is Ishtar, and I'm here with my co-host Vegas Z. We're talking NBA playoff and NFL news today. Let's get straight into it. The Memphis Grizzlies go in and take down the number one seed Utah Jazz. What a game, huh? Yeah, man. Very, very exciting game led by my boy John Morant and the unsung hero, the guy that nobody's talking about till literally yesterday, Dylan Brooks, who is a fucking dog defensively. The Jazz are in fucking trouble. I'll tell you that right now. And a lot of people think that that game was just a fluke. That game is not a fluke. These guys are hungry. These guys are here to play, and they play with a lot of confidence. Dylan Brooks is a dog. I'll give it to him. I've seen him putting his head into people's faces. He plays that hard-nosed defense. And Rudy Gobert, I mean, he doesn't really face a lot of real centers. A lot of the guys he faces have the same body type as him, but Valanchunas is one of those guys that could go into you, put his shoulder in your chest, and bang with you. But we can't forget that the Utah Jazz were missing their best player, Donovan Mitchell. And that is the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. And they barely lost the game. They were right into it. Uh, Bogdanovich was in there shooting lights out towards the end of the game. Clarkson couldn't buy a bucket for most of the game. Conley couldn't buy a bucket for most of the game. Once Mitchell's in there, he takes so much pressure off the rest of these guys, and they will be right back at it. It sounds like he's going to be in the next game. Honestly, I love the Grizzlies. I love that they're the second youngest team in the league. They play with so much grit, and it reminds you of that old-school Grizzlies team. But can they actually beat them? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I think that they have a real, real good shot of beating them. These guys are coming in with a lot of confidence into game two. You gave a team that has nothing to lose a lot of confidence, and that's dangerous. I mean, I mean, look at a guy like Desmond Bain. This rookie is a shooter. He knocked down a shot and stared down the whole team. He was ready to fight yeah. with people. All these yeah. guys play with some swag. I mean, look at John Morant. He's literally gets into the lane so beautiful, takes his time, doesn't rush into a finish, gets the defender behind him, scoop layup. It's good. I mean, Gobert's yeah. nowhere to be fucking found. I don't know how every year this guy manages to be the, the defensive player of the year candidate. He wins defensive player of the year. This guy is not a defensive player of the year. He will get shot by anyone. I don't understand Gobert why he's in the running. Is one of the most overrated, overpaid players in the league. I will never disagree with you on that. To me, he would have fit in the league 10 years ago perfectly, but he does not fit in today's NBA. Offensively, he's anemic. Defensively, if you put somebody like a Valanchunas around him, it's going to bother him. That's why he fouled out with six minutes left in the game. He cannot hang in today's NBA, which is like more of a reason why I'm so shocked he gets paid so much. But Donovan Mitchell will come in, and he will put this team on his back. A lot of people forget that last year, Mitchell didn't have Bogdanovich. He didn't play in the playoffs. But this year, he has Bogdanovich, and you saw what Bogdanovich could do with the ball in his hands. He can go out there, and he could get you a bucket. Conley, once Mitchell is there, will have a lot less pressure on him to create shots for himself and make shots. Clarkson, once Mitchell is there, will have a lot less pressure on him. I think they came in, they were missing their best player, but now that he is back, hopefully by the next game, I don't see oh, he's, Memphis he's playing for game. sure. They, they already announced it. But, I mean, I think you're you're kind of overvaluing Donovan Mitchell. Um, Whoa. You are. You, you really are. Oh, my. This is I'm overvaluing Donovan. Don this ahead, is the please. same Donovan Mitchell that got outplayed by Jamal Murray last year in the bubble. Donovan Mitchell, first of all, I'm not denying Jamal that Murray is no down. scrub. Jamal okay. Murray is no scrub. Don't you dare disrespect Jamal Murray. I'm not okay? disrespecting. I'm saying he got outplayed by him. 
Donovan Mitchell, while he is a great talent, is not going to be 100% in the series. He has a sprained ankle. He's been dealing with injuries the whole season. You put him up trying to guard John Morant when he's not 100% healthy, and he's going to get he doesn't have to. Like the rest of the fucking team. Okay? He doesn't have to. You okay, throw a guy like Royce, Royce O'Neal can guard him. Royce I'm not O'Neal saying. fucking sucks, all right? I, uh, <laughs> you missed the wide open Royce... layup in the fucking middle of the game. I would have yeah, made it. Yeah, right? okay, listen. Anybody could have made that layup. Okay, Royce O'Neal, realize... listen. Royce O'Neal isn't the greatest defender in the world, but he's just a body you can throw in front so you can preserve Mitchell for the game yeah, throw uh, him on the offensive side. Throw him in front and get fucking torched, okay? This backcourt combined for 57 total points in the game, okay? They look good. They look good. I'm not arguing with you. Hey, I'm not saying they didn't look good. But I mean, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell's going to come in, and it's the all the problems Mitchell, are going to be gone. Listen, Donovan Mitchell, from the time this kid was a rookie, has shown he shows up in the playoffs. He took down Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo his first year. Where was he, he last year? Last year he was seven. dropping 40. He was game, dropping 40, 50 a game. What are you talking game, about? Game seven versus the Nuggets. Where was he at? I, I didn't see him. Oh, my God. Stop. They were literally a roll, one cylinder roll of the basketball around the rim, dropping. Mike Conley shoots the shot, hits the backboard, Where's goes Donovan around Mitchell? the cylinder. Why is Mike and comes Conley out? shooting the shot? Where's the shot? Because Donovan Mitchell has four guys guarding him. He passed it up for the right shot. He did made the right play. Donovan Mitchell is not just going to come in and solve all these problems. These guys are here to play. You're failing to understand that. You're failing to understand. You're failing. Maybe even six. Oh, my God. And they're the eight seed. Listen, with or without Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, you are a number one seed with home court advantage. With or without? Whoa. Are you saying without Donovan Mitchell, they get the number one seed? No, I'm saying that they're the number one seed with home court advantage. Even without Donovan Mitchell, they're supposed to win game one there against the eight seed. That's like, hold up. He has a similar effect on that team that Derrick Rose had on 2011 Bulls or 2012 when Derrick Rose tore his ACL. He has way more talent around him. Way more talent. He does. He does. But don't get me wrong. You don't have your best player going into a series against a bunch of great players. Not great. Very you good young talent. The number one seed. You're supposed to win that game. And they lost. They lost by a few points. They okay. barely you lost. Take down and they Mitchell barely lost. The series and they wouldn't even have a chance in it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Listen, if Royce O'Neal makes that layup, which the jackass should have made it, then we're talking about a different thing. I bet you they finish that game and win. I doubt it. Anyways, let's move on to the next series. Which LA team right now to you is in more trouble? The Lakers or the Clippers? Honestly, man, you know what? That is a great question. For me, I think the Lakers are in a lot more trouble than the Clippers. I mean, mm. you, you look at the Lakers, and Anthony Davis just does not look right out there. The guy dropped 13 points. He's playing with something bothering him. Uh, this whole team is just unhealthy. I mean, you, you look at these guys – LeBron James, he's going down like he he hurt himself every two minutes of the game. Anthony Davis scored 13 total points. KCP shot one for seven from three. Kyle Kuzma didn't even fucking score, okay? They're having no contribution from the bench at all in this series and in the first game. And they haven't had contribution from the bench the whole season, really. Um, Kuzma's playing terrible. The only guy that's been showing up for them is Taylor Horton Tucker, who provides a little bit of spark offensively. But when you look at the Lakers, they can't guard 
Chris Paul. They can't guard Devin Booker. These guys are just shredding them. They're they're double teaming them. They're hitting the open guy and making the right plays and knocking down shots. The Lakers are in serious trouble. Listen, bud. The Lakers are not in any trouble at all. What happened last year when the Lakers started off the series against the Portland Trail Blazers? They lost. I'm asking. I'm at, they lost. And what okay. happened after that? What happened after that? They won four straight. What happened when they faced the Houston Rockets in the second round? They did lose again. And what happened after that? They won four straight. LeBron always loses the first game. Damn near always happens. You go back all the way back to his time with the Heat. In 2011, when he lost the first game against the Bulls, everybody's like, oh, my God. Uh, are the Bulls going to win? The Bull Chuck said the Bulls were going to sweep that series in 2011 in the Eastern Conference Finals after the Bulls won the first game. Everybody always overreacts when LeBron loses the first game of a series, and then he comes back and he smacks them in the next four games. And you know what? That's exactly what's going to happen. LeBron James will come in here, carry his team as much as he needs to, and he will take the next four games. I've seen this happen way too many times for me to fall for it and say, oh, man, he lost the first. Maybe he's done. Maybe this team is done. No, it was a bad game. It happens. It it seems like it happens all the time with LeBron. I'm not worried about it. It's the Clippers that you need to be worried about. Okay, hold on. Let me cut you off. I have to respond to that argument right there, okay? This isn't the same LeBron James you saw these last three, four years, okay? I've literally heard that a hundred times. I've heard that a hundred times. This LeBron James is the same LeBron James that tweeted out a month ago saying, I will never be 100% again. Why do you tweet out I'll never be 100% again? Maybe it's because so he's that, making a built-in excuse for when they fucking get bounced in the first round, okay? All no, right, and why is it? No, 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 no. That, that, excuse, that excuse is for when he gets bounced in the Western Conference Finals by the Mavericks. But anyways, continue. Okay, why is it? I don't know if you saw the, the clip, but Chris Paul barely touched his arm, and he fucking went down like he had a separated shoulder and his arm was broken. Oh, my seven God. We all know okay. LeBron flops. LeBron's this been guy, flopping since I was in diapers. This guy is falling on the floor, acting like he's fucking dead, okay? And he there's nowhere to be found. Who provides a spark for the Lakers besides LeBron or AD if they're not going? Who? Who's going to step up? Dennis Schroeder ain't stepping up because he ain't doing fucking shit, all right? This guy's scoring 14, 15 points max a game, okay? Who's going to guard Devin Booker, who's been shredding them the whole fucking series, scored 34 who's points? Who's going to guard Anthony Davis and LeBron James when DeAndre they step up? DeAndre fucking outplayed Anthony Davis. You didn't see how... how it's they, one game. Damian Lillard outplayed fucking... Points. What's his... Damian Lillard outplayed LeBron in AD last year He's in the first game. Then, then, then he got smacked. Yeah, the same thing happens every year, okay? Russ and James Harden outplayed uh, LeBron in AD the first game, and then they got smacked. This happens every year. Mark every my year. words, LA goes down 0-2, and they lose tomorrow night. They go down 0-2. Mark that down. Write it down. Put all your bets in. Take the Suns. Take them plus money. Take them money line with the points, however you want it. The Suns are winning game two. They're going to go into Staples Center up 2-0, and then we'll really see what LeBron is about because, obviously, LeBron could lose this series. His legacy is fine, all right? He did what he had to do, but LeBron is not the same LeBron that he used to be. He's hurt. Mark Davis is hurt. The whole team is fucked. Mark my words. LeBron will put his nuts in the Phoenix Suns' mouth in the next four games and just dominate because he does it every year. Every freaking 
year. Even if Anthony Davis goes down, he will will that team by himself to get out of the first round. LeBron ain't going out in the first round. No okay. way. All right. No way. No way. It's it's the Clippers. The Clippers that you need to be worried about because Luka Doncic is out here getting and ones and screaming, you're, he, you're too small. That's what he's telling uh, Patrick Beverly. You are too small because Patrick Beverly can't guard him and nobody on that team can guard him. And and where's playoff P? He hasn't been around in like the last four years. What's Is it just Kawhi against Luka and Co? Okay. I mean, what's going on with your Clippers, buddy? Okay, the Clippers... We did get shredded game one, okay? But you got to look at guys, fucking guys like Finney Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. were knocking down some insane shots, okay? This is not yes, going to happen and sustain over the course of the series, okay? It's Finney going Smith is to a fucking Ray Allen, All right? They stop the other players. They let Luka drop 50 a night, and they'll win this series in six, okay? You could let Luka snap every single game and just control the role players, all right? Christoph Porzingis still played bad. He didn't play good at all, okay? No, no. I'm we not going to say – I'm not going to – We have nothing to worry about here with the fucking Clippers, you all right? We have are on cocaine if you think they have nothing to worry about. We have about. nothing to worry about. Nothing at all. You have you have Luca out here dropping that smooth triple-double, baby. 30 points, 10 it's rebounds, awesome. 11 assists. Benny Smith dropping 18. Porzingis, okay. he did enough. He dropped Finney 14. Smith is never doing that again, okay? It's fucking Finney Smith. You're failing to realize that. Yeah, Finney Smith ain't the same Finney Smith that you know, all right? Just like how Dylan Brooks ain't the same Dylan Brooks that you know. Players change. Players evolve. Even Tim Hardaway dropped 21. All okay, right? that's, not, that's my point. Tim Hardaway and Finney Smith are not going to have that type of production throughout the series. The problem with the Clippers is they rely way too much on playoff P, and playoff P ain't doing shit. He played 40 minutes and dropped 23. If I'll I'm paying you, you for if I'm paying you 30, 40 million dollars a year, motherfucker, and you're playing 40 minutes, you better get me at least 30 points. Okay. Kawhi was the only one that showed up in that dunk against Kleba. I just want to say side note. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, oh but my the problem God. is fucking the problem is nobody does shit besides Kawhi. Playoff P takes fucking 6,000 shots, and he doesn't do shit with it. You know what I think is going to happen? I think we're going to see an insertion of Rondo into the starting lineup, and then that's going to provide that extra energy because Rondo played great that game. You're going to see Rondo on the court a lot here in game two, and I think you're going to see him on the court way more than he was throughout the series. I mean, Patrick Beverly you know, you know, does fucking up. I'm, you know what? As a fan of the Clippers, I'm fucking sick of Patrick Beverly. What the fuck does the guy do? He runs around like a jackass the whole game. Fucking sucks. Get him out of the game. Put in fucking Rondo in there. Let him facilitate the offense. Let him play defense. He's fucking way better than Patrick Beverly. Why Patrick Beverly is starting, I have no idea. I don't know what the fuck Tyron Lue's doing, but they need to put I'm looking, Rondo in the I'm, look, I'm looking at the plus minus, okay? Even Kawhi didn't have a great game, but Kawhi still shows up. He'll get you. He'll get to the free throw line at least. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. plays defense. He grabbed ten boards. He shot nine of twenty-two. It's not terrible to shoot nine of twenty-two, but Kawhi's better than that. Okay. And then you have Paul George that shot eight of eighteen. Besides that, nobody took more than eight shots in that team. Okay. They were getting like smacked up and clamped up. And then if you that here's the craziest thing. You look at the plus minuses, okay? Everybody was negative on the Clippers in their starting lineup. Everybody on the Mavericks starting lineup was positive. Even, even Porzingis, who you said didn't have a great game, was still positive. 
They absolutely dominated that game, and that is just a sign of what's to come. The Mavericks will take the series in six games. Just remember, there's two key adjustments that I see the Clippers making here in this series, okay? Mm. Adjustment number one is get Morris the fuck out of the game, okay? First of all, this guy's plus minus was fucking minus 23, and he couldn't buy a bucket 0 for 6 from downtown, okay? And why is Serge Ibaka only playing 12 minutes in the fucking game? Serge Ibaka is going to play 20-plus minutes, okay? He's going to be great off the bench, and he might even be inserted into the starting lineup. And then you're going to have Reggie Jackson and Rajon Rondo playing more minutes, Let's get Patrick Beverly out of the fucking game and let's get these guys more minutes. And so Reggie Jackson, happens, Reggie Jackson and Serge Ibaka had the two highest plus minuses. Reggie Jackson plus 13, even though he only shot one for six, and Serge Ibaka plus 11. If I'm them, I'm with you. What's your, what's your ideal starting lineup for the Clippers right my now? My ideal starting lineup for the Clippers right now is fucking Rondo at the one. Okay. Mm. You put Paul George at the two. You put Kawhi Leonard at the three. Okay, you put Ibaka at the four and you put Zubak at the five and you run Batum off the bench with Reggie Jackson. You could even put him in there with Patrick Beverly. You could go small against them and and that's it. And you run him with Morris. I get Morris out of the starting lineup. I insert Ibaka and I get Beverly out of the starting lineup and I insert Rondo. And those adjustments will be key. They'll be able to grab more rebounds. Ibaka could guard fucking Finney Smith. What is Finney Smith going to do? Iso ball Ibaka. And Ibaka's great offensively and defensively. So I think Baca, those adjustments will make a huge difference. I think Abaka is a better option right now because you got they're starting Kleba right now and they're gonna, they're not going to make much changes just because they played so well. They got Finney Smith, Kleba, uh, Porzingis at the five. Zubac is going to even though he got dumped on, he he didn't play that bad. I mean, the guy had nine yeah, boards. I mean, he did his job. He played his role beautiful. He played uh, his role. Yeah, he played his role. I mean, he didn't shoot. He only took three shots in the game, which, I mean, it is what it is. It's not like Cleve was supposed to be putting more th- up more than three shots. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's going to come down to Porzingis. If Porzingis comes back hot this next game, oh, my God. I know, but we just There's haven't so seen it all year, and, and I don't think we're going to see it out of him. It's going to happen because the only – to me, to me, to me, the only person that should be able to – give Porzingis problems is probably Serge Ibaka. Marcus Morris just saying on shit to me. If, if you want um, me to be honest with you, though, if if I were to take a second and look and say, hey, which team cannot afford to go down 0-2? It's the Lakers over the Clippers because it's just like Devin Booker could win a game by himself. I know that Luka can too, but the Clippers could no. go down 0-2. They could buy a win. LeBron will have to put on a historic performance and, two to three and you've seen it happen. And you've but seen he, it happen. He's too – it's just – it's not there anymore, I feel like. He cannot continue. His body's too it's, – it's breaking down. It's breaking down in front of our eyes. I mean, we see this guy falling down. Every oh, game. my God, guys. We are, over, we are over-exaggerating to the fact that we've finally seen LeBron James get injured. That's and it's the not even issue. about that. It's These guys are having serious problems with the Suns. These guards are shredding them. Devin Booker is a fucking problem. I mean, you, you can't ignore what he's are doing. over. You, I can't. Devin Booker is a good player. He has no playoff experience, though. It doesn't matter. Okay? Doesn't, At he's the not end of the day, scared of the playoffs. Devin Booker's huh? a fucking dog. Devin Booker's not scared of the playoffs. Fucking drop thirty-four. It's okay. Don't worry. LeBron's gonna humble his ass. Okay. okay? AD is going to humble his ass. I hope they do. I really hope they do. As a fan of the Lakers, I hope they do. I want to see that Lakers play the Clippers. In the personally, no. And personally, I always prefer the underdog, which is the Suns. But I 
have learned my lesson time and time again. You don't go against the best player of our generation. And that's okay. it. All right. On to the next topic. We are talking football, ladies and gentlemen. Today, Shannon Sharp made a very interesting phone call on live television. Shannon Sharp. Okay. He's, oh my God. He calls Julio Jones on live TV. He says, Julio, what's going on? Where are you going, man? And he's like, I'm out of Atlanta. That's it. I'm done. And I'm like, damn. And then after that, they're like, you're going to go to the Cowboys? He's like, nah, man, I'm trying to win, and you can't win in Dallas. I'm like, golly. Skip, you know, Bayless like, Skip Bayless looked like somebody smacked him across the face. It was hilarious how he reacted to it. But, man, where does this guy go? I I, I don't think he knew he was on live TV, to be honest. With yeah, you, and was I was just going to say that. Why wouldn't Shannon in the beginning say, hey, Julio, we're on live TV here on Undisputed? Where are you going? You know, I mean, I think I bet you it's the last time he ever picks up a phone call from Shannon Sharp. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope it's just something that we don't know. And maybe he texted him saying, hey, answer the phone. We're on Undisputed. And maybe that's why I didn't say it, because I would like to think Shannon Sharp is smart enough to do that. Then again, it's fucking Shannon Sharp. So, see, I mean, I could see him not saying nothing. But in regards to where he's going. Well, reports came out that he wanted to go to an well, not he wanted to go to AFC team, but the Falcons preferred to trade him to an AFC team, maybe so they don't see him in the regular season or just get him out of the NFC. Um, right. So right now I'm looking at it, and the highest odds for right now the highest odds still remain. And this came out after the the whole Shannon Sharp thing this morning too, that the Falcons are still plus three hundred to. Uh, they have the highest odds at plus three hundred, but I don't see that happening after Julio said he's out of there. Uh, you got the Patriots at plus 450, the Titans at plus 500, the Chargers, which would be really interesting at plus 550. I mean, the Chargers and Titans, I, I'd love to see them on either, but Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and and uh, Julio Jones, wow. Yeah, that's a uh, sick, uh, core right there, yeah. You got the Colts at plus 600, the Ravens at plus 700, so you got six AFs, one let me see one, two, three, four, five AFC teams before an NFC team even gets named in the 49ers at plus 700. Other notable ones are the Packers at plus 1100, the Cardinals at plus 1400. And then after that, it's just kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. I think it's kind of a given that he will go to an AFC team. Yeah, definitely. It's coming out. Um, I think best possible fit for Julio is Tennessee. I think if he goes to the Patriots, man, it's just tough because Cam Newton, his his deep ball is questionable. You can see Julio getting open a lot and just Cam not being able to find him. Honestly, I'd love to see him on any team. It's exciting. I mean, a dark horse for me that's not being talked about is the Baltimore Ravens. If the Ravens go out and get fucking Julio Jones, okay, with their read option, they run the read option, boom, hit Julio on a slant. I mean, Julio's great at running short routes as well. Um, he's a big I mean, time player if, if he could go the Ravens. You know the Ravens are a winning team. He wouldn't mind playing there. The Ravens, I think, are a team that will be willing to give up maybe two seconds to get him. They're asking for a first-round pick, but I think when a player that's like Julio comes out and says, hey, I'm out of here, teams are going to lowball the fuck out of him. Why would a team offer a first-round pick when they know that this player is going to be traded no matter what? They're, they're going to get rid of him before the season. There's no coming back from saying, hey, I'm not playing here anymore. 
I think teams are going to offer him a second round pick, maybe even a second and third. And who knows? He could end up anywhere. But I think Baltimore is my favorite spot. But I think he ends up in Tennessee ultimately. But I would love to see him end up in Baltimore. To me, I think Tennessee, because what he said is, I want to win, which I completely understand. He's been in the league for a long time now. And he deserves to be a part of an organization that's actually going to contend. And of these teams, if I'm him, Ryan Tannehill can get me the ball. I'd be teaming up with A.J. Brown. I mean, why wouldn't I? They have a solid defense. That that That's my best chance at winning right now. You're yep. talking about the Ravens, but the Ravens have the same issue that the Patriots have in a quarterback that isn't really that much of a quarterback. I think you're, everybody uh, underrates Lamar Jackson. I think his abilities are great. He's just – his wide. look at his wide receivers. His fucking wide yeah, receivers. He, Lamar Jackson, if I'm Julio Jones, Lamar Jackson has not shown me enough to where I say, hey, I want to go play with that quarterback. You're and I know – and nuts. I know I'm not nuts. I'm very, very planted into earth. You Lamar Jackson are... is a fucking monster, okay? Lamar Jackson, yes. If I put the football in his hands and say, LeBron, La, Lamar, excuse me, not LeBron. Lamar, go get me a first down. Yeah, Lamar's going to do it. Lamar's a great, great, great player. But do I trust Lamar to throw me the ball and get it to me compared to somebody like Tannehill or even Justin Herbert? No, because he hasn't shown it. Um, if I'm him, could you imagine? I just want to say this real quick. The Cardinals are listed here at plus 1,400. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if he went to the Cardinals? DeAndre Hopkins the other day said, I would restructure my contract for Julio to come here, right? Yeah. That would be the sickest landing spot and the sickest wide receiver core I've ever seen in my life. You have four potential Hall of Famers. You have Hop, You have Julio. You have Larry Fitz and A.J. Green. Now, I these guys aren't all young, but, man, bro, if yeah, I man. have to go against them four, and then you got Christian Kirksey, too. <laughs> wow, bro. I, I, I'm drafting Kyler Murray first overall before any running back. How about that? Honestly, and, and, anywhere he ends up is fucking fireworks because he's yeah. anywhere he ends up is fireworks. He's still that motherfucker who can go out there and ball out. I feel bad that he's been in Atlanta. That system seems to favor the number two receiver more than it favors him, which has been insane. Uh, He's never gotten his red zone looks, which drives me fucking nuts. Like the guy, the guy is, is, go ahead, you go ahead. The guy's built to be an absolute monster in the red zone. Throw it up to him. What is wrong with, like, the Atlanta Falcons system? I understand the number two receiver eats, okay? He eats, and Kelvin Ridley has eight in the last few years. But, dude, just fucking give him the ball. Yeah. I think the Falcons had that one year against the Patriots where they blew the fucking Super Bowl, and that was really their only chance to win. I mean, after that, it's just like you just look back and like, fuck, we almost had that Super Bowl and they just been downhill. I mean, last year, you look at their roster, it wasn't bad. They just fucking played bad. Like, you still had Matt Ryan, you have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley, you have good fucking players. You just can't win. And, I mean, it's time for everybody to move on. They should just blow that whole team up, honestly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Speaking of moving on, let's go back to the NBA real quick. There's something I want to touch on. It's the LA versus New York effect. Now, we see a lot of players 
in LA, a lot of young players over the last five, six, seven years, right? You got your Julius Randles, D'Angelo Russells, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. Uh, am I forgetting anybody? Uh, Josh Hart. Just all these guys, right? Yeah. Two of those guys went from the Lakers to New York, right? You have Julius Randle and you have D'Angelo Russell, okay? Both of those guys ended up thriving in New York, whether it was D'Angelo Russell or Julius Randle. And now, not just New York, in 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 uh, in uh, New Orleans, you had Lonzo Ball, who you know put together a good year, and Brandon Ingram putting together a new year, a good year. If I am a basketball player and I'm getting drafted right now, okay, where am I gonna want to go? Where do you want to go between those two cities right now? If I'm being drafted right now, I'm, I want to go to New York just because. LeBron is not going anywhere for at least three more years. That's his team. You got him and AD, they're, they're solidified there. You go to New York, you're going to get touches. You're going to get opportunity. You got Coach Tibbs. Um, even in but that's Brooklyn, insane. Even Isn't in that insane? Go ahead. Isn't even in Brooklyn, you could play with like three superstars. You're going to get wide open shots. Um, I mean, I'm sure after this season, I, I mean, it's I'm wondering what's going to happen with the Nets. The Nets are going to win the championship. So when the Nets win the championship – do they just everybody go their separate ways? Hey, we want a title. Like, I mean, how are you going to max all these guys and pay everybody? Joe Harris needs to be paid. Uh, Kyrie needs to be paid. KD needs to be paid. The free agency is going to be fucking insane. So if I'm a rookie, I'm I'm looking at going away from LA because LeBron and AD are staying there for sure. So if I am a rookie, I want to go there too because it seems like New York coaches are doing a way better job than LA coaches. I feel like New York, is just like developing players. It's uh, developed D'Angelo Russell. They developed Julius Randle. Both guys that were started in LA, okay, and pretty much got shunned off. They were like, yeah, fuck off. We don't want you. Young players are not being uh, developed in Los Angeles for the Lakers at all. And watch when LeBron leaves, when Anthony Davis is done there, that team is going to die because they have shown they cannot develop any young talent. In the last few years. Yeah. And it drives me crazy because nobody ever talks about this. You look at Julius Randle, what he's doing right now with a good coach, what DeAndre Russell did with a good coach, what Brendan Ingram did with an okay coach and an okay system, what Lonzo Ball is doing, and watch what he does next year when he's on a team that he feels fits him better. Why doesn't anybody ever talk about the fact that the Lakers are like this toxic organization that cannot set up young players for success? Jordan Clarkson, too. Look at Jordan Clarkson ever since he left uh, left the L.A. and even left just from LeBron. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think may, maybe this is a bigger issue. Maybe it's LeBron. Maybe once LeBron doesn't like you, you're just done. And he tries to like – he just kicks you off to the curb. I don't know what it is right now. I don't know what it is. But I'm just saying this right now. I just wanted to bring this up. The Lakers have not fucking set up any young talent for the future and they were going to fall on their faces on their faces as soon as LeBron James leaves because they ha- cannot develop young talent they haven't had a good coach there since Phil Jackson I mean look at Kyle Kuzma he's a perfect example Kyle Kuzma this year and last year there have been zero improvements in his game at all I mean what did the guy do all summer he just fucked around I mean it's like 
this guy is not being developed. You look at guys on the team. Alex Caruso looks like the same exact player. Um, these guys moving. Nobody's improving. These, on that team. Nobody's doing. Kuzma's actually regressed since LeBron got there. Okay, yeah. LeBron. If I was LeBron, bro, like, uh, just imagine, just imagine right now, LeBron doesn't go to LA. Okay, and you get a good coach. Tom Thibodeau coaches there. Okay, mm-hmm. and you keep D'Angelo Russell. You keep Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. You keep Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Jordan Clarkson, Josh Hart, and you get yourself a center. Is that not a playoff team that you're looking at and you're like, okay, maybe we have something here for the future? All these guys, I'm pretty sure, are under 25 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much juice there where it's like, yeah, let's do it. But the Lakers organization is so toxic to where it's like, we have to do it right now. Right now. We can't wait. Okay. We sucked for like, Four years and we didn't develop anybody because we didn't get a good, good coach because we kept trying to compete even though we sucked. It's like, bro, maybe the guys up top are better now than they were before, but that organization is one of the most poorly run organizations and they just won a championship last year. One of the most poorly run organizations. They got lucky LeBron wanted to be in LA, okay? Mm-hmm. And they got lucky LeBron was like, hey, AD, come play here. Because if that didn't happen, none of those guys developed to the players they are today, in my opinion. And that organization is going to be in shambles as soon as those two leave. I agree. And that is all for today's episode of the Unreal Podcast. I am Ish Tahir, and with me was Vegas Z. Expect our next episode to be coming out in the next few days. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking all sports all the time. NBA playoffs is the hot topic right now. And we can't wait for you to join us next time. Till then, take it easy.